The scariest thing that I'm seeing at the moment is people dying or overdosing on some pretty heavy duty medications. A lot of injured people that we monitor and support are taking between five to 20 claim related medications per day. How am I gonna know as a rehab consultant what medications this person is on and how that affects X, Y, and Z, as you mentioned. I, I don't. We work in medication. We help people take the right medication. We support people to be healthy and well. We make sure they're taking it safely and appropriately. Just a heads up, in this episode, we discuss drug use, drug addiction, drug overdose, and death. What are the things that we can change and how can we create a safe place for people with some really brilliant ideas and focus on innovation? This is Intelligent Rebellion. Welcome to this part two of my chat with Lauren Dredge. If you haven't heard part one already, I would suggest that you maybe just go back and listen to that one and then come back to this one. Lauren and I actually just continue our discussion about uh, medications in sort of the compo industry, the plateauing return to work rates over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. You know, trying to unite everybody under the One Healthcare mission and how she is actually changing the world with this company claims pharmacy and then there's some more talk about red wine and we talk about burpees and lauren starts fangirling over alexa leary so enjoy this uh final part two of my chat with lauren dredge i want to talk about the whole one size fits all mentality that we have in the industry yeah we believe that if somebody has this injury this is the way it should be managed I think we need to 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 move away from that mindset about this one size fits all now again it is a challenge because there's not allied health professionals that work across all aspects of the industry all roles in the industry and Case managers do have an incredibly difficult job to do. They are holding high case numbers. They are being pulled in all different directions. They're being told um, to align to organisation strategic plans. Um, and they're really, it's a, it's a really challenging job. But I think what we have to acknowledge is that people that are, I guess, pulling the strings are people that aren't necessarily equipped with the right skill set yeah 
And that I think is a problem um, across the industry. And I'm not sure what the answer is to it. <laughs> if I could have a psychologist, a rehab counsellor, an EP, an OT, and all of the disciplines in one room having a roundtable discussion about each claim, that yeah. would be an ideal scenario, but it's never going to happen. Well, never say never. Well, but... never, never say never. And I think this, this is where we come across. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You, you've come up with an end to this. I think, you know, this is what all this is about, is just starting the conversation because mm. the more people I speak with and and you know, on and off like a podcast, we keep saying the same thing. Like what mm. you've just said to me is not any different than what we've been saying 10 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago, like 10 minutes ago. I was um, attending the recent PEEF conference. Um, oh, and where you were a finalist, by the way. So yes, well, yes, we were. We were a finalist <laughs> in the awards. Yes, we absolutely were. And we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> um, but I was watching one of, um, uh, a, I'd say, a, a good friend of Claims Pharmacy, um, but also, I guess, you know, work with professionally um, quite closely is, is Chris Reimer from QBE. Yeah. And he was talking about, um, I guess, some of the work that they've been doing using that innovation mindset um, cool. to, to break the mould and, and change mm -hmm. things up a little bit. He talks about the return to work rates in the industry. We've been doing the things that have traditionally been occurring for 10 years, right? And we've been talking about the same things for the last 10 years, <laughs> yet the return to work rates are still the same. They haven't really changed too much, let's yeah. be honest. We would have loved to have seen, you know, um, the return to work rates improve, but they haven't. And so what we need to do is really think about what are the things that we can change and how can we create a safe place for people with some really brilliant ideas mm -hmm. and focus on innovation and the innovation will then allow the industry to shift in the right way yeah. and it will allow cases to be managed appropriately and we'll see people leave the system in a happier and a healthier way which is ultimately what we're all trying to achieve watch this space because this is exactly what intelligent rebellion is trying to do we are trying to break down all this hierarchy all this policy stuff and just get down to some common sense basic discussions with people who live and breathe this every single day. Mm. You know, you being one of those people, injured workers being those people, allied health professionals being those people. Um, and I mean, I think for me, I just got jack of it. We've been doing the same stuff for the last 10 years with the same return to work rates. What's that thing about the definition of insanity? Insanity is like doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. And then, and then, you're not surprised when the media blows up about something to do with eye care or mm. workers' comp. You kind of just go, oh, that, of course, no shit. It's <laughs> funny because some of my, you know, family and friends were talking through, I guess, the, the things that were brought up um, in the media recently and were surprised. And <laughs> I was like, Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so, yeah, I think we need to um, have innovation at the forefront. We need to stop reinventing the wheel um, mm -hmm. and we need to think outside the box and manage claims more appropriately so that um, people are, are sort of feeling more empowered uh, and they're leaving the system 
um, and looking back and thinking that was a really positive experience. To the point of accountability, it's like, well, everybody in the system has to do everything right Mm. for it to work really efficiently. Mm -hmm. But if there's one message that I think that you're saying is just remember who we're servicing here. Mm. Mm. Just remember what the mission is here is to help somebody move on and help them be healthier, better, more empowered. Mm. I think if you always have that at the front of your mind and we encourage people to have that at the front of their mind, you're never going to, you're never really going to go wrong despite what processes or policy. I mean, policy will take 10 years. Like we'll be having this conversation 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. We had it 10 years ago. We had it 10 years ago. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's kind of heartbreaking in a way, but what I'm really optimistic about is that there are people like you and I in the industry that we can't change policy, but every day of our lives, we will make a decision to do a better job. Mm. And, yeah. and, I, and these are the voices, and you mentioned a lot of voices who aren't being heard. Well, let's give them a space to, to, to be heard as well. So I'm talking at, is it Chris, you mentioned Chris Reimer, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Chris, if you're listening, you're welcome into the Intelligent Rebellion podcast. Oh, any, you know what? <laughs> He'd be, he'd be a fascinating individual to interview, that's for sure. Come on board, buddy. Uh, we, we've got you. Here's your space to talk it out. You, we keep parking this, what you guys are doing. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything like it in industry. So when we talk about yeah. innovation and you're, talking, you're pointing to other people about innovation, man, you guys are shaking this world up and I just am in love with what you're doing, right? Mm. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going <laughs> to let you plug away the amazing work that you do I, I appreciate what you just said um I I love that you love it because I'm in love with it too and <laughs> as I said it is the first job that I've actually truly loved which sounds um crazy to me because you know my look my work history isn't that long but I've spent the last 15 years doing something that probably didn't satisfy me um, as much. But now I've, I've found this organisation that really has innovation at the, at the forefront of their mind. And the way that we're trying to change the industry is we're actually trying to focus on prevention rather than reaction and we know that Stop horror i know it's so <laughs> How crazy dare you? it's so crazy <laughs> you're like i'm i'm being rebellious oh, <laughs> and it's it sounds really simple but in, in the industry as a whole we're really focused on reaction and rehabilitation mm-hmm. and we know that that's less advantageous than you know proactive and preventative measures so what Claims Pharmacy is, is that we, we're a data-driven program. We monitor into people's progress. We minimise reliance on medication and we ensure that injured people get back to optimal health as soon as possible. Now, the way in which we do that is that we, we do, um, I guess, we manage claims or monitor claims um, through real-time monitoring Um, And we intervene before problems actually occur. So in the medication space, um, we know that if you take a medication for too long, you're obviously going to have side effects. So what we want to do is we want to monitor people's use of medication. And before it 
tips over the edge and gets to that point where it becomes high risk or um, complex, mm-hmm. we want to intervene. So we talk a lot about right service, right time. Yeah. So we, we monitor people's medication intake and then we go to the insurance company and we say, look, this is heading towards a you know disaster and we need to make sure that we provide you with health interventions and appropriate health interventions um, at the right time so that we can ensure this person gets back to optimal health as quickly as possible. So we do that through a series of different um, services which fit within our medication care program. So without going into too much detail, because I think I'm, you know, I'm just going to bore you all, but... Um, but yeah, I just fell asleep for a second. So. <laughs> well, the ins and outs of what happens every day, probably. Yeah. Not so so let, let's, let's break this down, right? How would you explain it straight up? Like as if I'm a five-year-old kid. We want people to have access to appropriate medication, but we want to make sure that they're taking it safely and appropriately and for the right reasons, right? Like so many times we see um, people combine prescription medication with over-the-counter medication and little do they actually realise that they're double dosing on on certain things and which is causing them you know, some really significant problems. We've seen um, things that we see every day and on scale, I'm talking, you know, multiple cases a day. Um, We see dental issues. So people having all of their teeth replaced because they've been taking opioids for too long. We see people taking opioids for long periods of time who have depression and suicidal thoughts. We see medications being used inappropriately and it's it's really it's a challenge for us because a lot of people don't think that they're doing the wrong thing because they trust in the medical experts yeah and sometimes they get it wrong and it is we're humans right we don't have the right answers to to everything but what is happening here is that people are dying and you think about in the industry that we work in, there's rules and regulations for things like AHRRs, right? So if you're a physio or an EP, you've got to submit this paperwork. You've got to justify what you're doing, how you're doing it, how long you want it to occur for. Other than what we're doing, there's no one monitoring what these people are taking. And last I remember, physio didn't kill an injured person yeah medication does does. and so we're trying to drive behavior change across Mm -hmm. the industry across all levels we're talking about prescribing practitioners we're talking about injured people and we're talking about insurers and we're trying to create change in their behaviors to ensure that people are safe and well when they're taking medications to ultimately help them improve their functional capacity and return to work opportunities now and not die i think it's at, 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 at the crux of it opioids are like the highest leading cause of death in australia 53 yeah. that shitball's crazy and, crazy. and it makes bigger, it bigger than illegal drugs 
bigger yeah. than illegal drugs. And it blows my mind. Where we identified a, a gap in the market where mm-hmm. there was there wasn't really a focus in the industry on medication. There was no monitoring of medication. And so um, two sort of old school um, insurance uh, <laughs> professionals came up with, with this idea and they sort of thought, well, somebody needs to do this. Somebody needs to monitor people's medication because what's happening in the industry at the moment, and rightly so, it's not well understood. Mm-hmm. I'm only learning myself. I, I'm not a pharmacist, but I have a team of 50 pharmacists that work for us that monitor all of this day in, day out. It is a, a very well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, it runs incredibly well. Um, and we are picking up on individuals that might be at risk of developing secondary um, injuries, uh, addiction, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. And we have seen an increase in deaths. So we're trying to prevent people dying. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, you and I have had both very recent raw experiences of um, deaths of people and workers that we have mm-hmm. worked with. And it hurts and it's, it's emotional. But this is, we don't talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. And this is what mm-hmm. I want to talk about is that the job that you guys are doing is so fucking important. Mm-hmm because these are people's lives on the line mm-hmm. right and we've seen it you and I have seen it firsthand and yeah. we're not the only ones that have seen this firsthand we know colleagues and colleagues and colleagues and people who've seen this firsthand what's the appetite for this in our industry what is the reception that you guys have been receiving from you know going back to collaboration from mm-hmm. re- workplace rehab providers insurers doctors allied health professionals what are you hearing back from the industry there's Incredible excitement on one hand, and there is also on the flip side a lot of resistance. The resistance comes from a, a lack of understanding. Yeah. And I, I've had these conversations with some employers where I've said, This is this is what we're seeing. And they've blatantly said to me, No, we don't have that problem. And it's not until I pull out some of the data that we have specifically on claims that sit within um, that organisation and they realise, holy shit, okay, Mm -hmm. there is a problem. Now, I think part of the industry is not ready for for our program because they're scared of it. And I understand there's red tape and there's other competing priorities. Because a lot of insurers and scheme agents across Australia have strategic plans and they they get signed off and they get, you know, they have to follow what's in there. And usually it's over a three-year period. So we're not the only ones in the industry focusing on a certain area. What I would say to those people, whoever is listening, is we need to shift our focus. We need to start prioritising this because we, I'm telling you, there's a problem. 75% of injured people are taking sedative medications. So many people are taking, you know, five to 10 or five to 20 medications per day. Med cannabis is on the rise in the industry. Um, we're seeing 
you know, increase in, in opioid intake. We're seeing increase in accidental overdose. And what people don't understand is when, when you're taking multiple medications, they interact with, with one another. When you talk people through a combination of medications that we, we generally see every day, which is opioids and benzodiazepines, yeah. both central nervous system depressants, um, we, we always be extremely concerned about that because we know they slow the heart. They slow the heart rate, they slow breathing. And a lot of people, um, a lot of injured people do resort to alcohol for um, some assistance with pain management or dulling their senses because they don't want to deal with, yeah. you know, um, traumatic events. And you put that combination together and you're basically causing your body to shut down and stop breathing and stop yeah. working. And so for somebody to say to me, we don't have a problem, yet I've got this data out there that's, <laughs> yes. that's proving to you that this is a problem in our industry and you need to start prioritizing it and you need to start listening to what I'm saying because if you don't, people will continue to um, experience side effects, um, be addicted to drugs, overdose, die, and the rate is increasing. Anytime that you're the first to do something, people there are going to be people out there who are, are going to be like, oh, oh, what is this? You know, because it's so set in their ways. And you're right, competing priorities. Mm. So let's talk about where have you had some really great successes? So you've had people who are resistant to this and that's going to be across the board. I mean, there mm. are people who are going to not, you know, resistant to what I'm doing as well. But, you know, let's just push them into that corner. Who do you work with? Predominantly, we work nationally with, with all scheme agents. Now, there's transparency around the partnership that we have with QBE. Talking about QBE as, as a scheme agent, being ahead of the game, I really believe that they are. Yeah. I think that they are investing in innovative services and products and programs that are going to better the outcomes overall. What we're seeing is um, some scheme agents be really excited about the services that we have to offer and those have um, taken a leap of faith and, and signed on with us and, and we're embedded in their case management model which is phenomenal which is great yeah. Let, let, yeah let's celebrate these humans and these organizations who say what's the worst that could happen is it continues the way that it is but the mm. best that could happen is you change workers comp as we mentioned already um, you and I've had those personal experiences right imagine one of those people just that one life, if it's just for one life, everything, that means everything. You can't put a price on a life. Like it's odd to me and it's odd to you as well that it's called like it's taking a chance. It's not taking a chance. It's like doing the right thing. Like here mm. is this service that truly changes lives. Like I would say, look, if it was a difference between if you have a strategic plan and it's about money, you know what? Screw me as a rehab consultant. Take me out of it. Take whatever funds that you would spend on rehab consultancy because this person's not going back to work anytime soon and dump it into claims pharmacy. We have insight into what um, each state is spending uh, on different services. Yeah. And I can tell you now it's millions and millions of dollars on services that probably aren't appropriate at that time. At that time. Now, not yeah. to say that they're not appropriate at all. We need to focus on the right service at the right time. 
if you can't manage people's medication and all the side effects that come with taking those medications, they're not ready for rehab. And really good operators and really amazing people in industry know that. They know mm. right service, right time. You know, I appreciate that we're not talking about everybody because not everybody takes medication. Having a really good understanding of what's going on with the claim from the very beginning and having the right services available to the individual. Um, and I think there are some in scheme agents that are definitely ahead of the game and willing to invest in um, programs, not just ours. Um, I'm talking about um, other programs that are focused on other areas, which um, are also just as amazing as ours, um, <laughs> that, are, that are changing changing outcomes for, for injured people. It just requires um, education, knowledge, um, and I guess the willingness to invest in a, a program that um, is focused on prevention rather than reaction. So tell me this, you talk about right service at the right time, spoken about scheme agents and being already involved within that scheme agent. But someone like me, I'm like, I, I get a new case and um, I see that they're on opioid medications. Like, do I just call you? Like, how do I do this? You're only ever going to get a referral when a case manager or an IMA identifies as a problem. And what I like to call that is when the horse is bolted. <laughs> and, and, and that's when a claim is, is considered complex. Now, it's not to say we, we deal with complex claims every day. We have um, a, a program called MediReady, which actually assists individuals with, with withdrawing from prescription medication. Yeah. Um, it's not like an inpatient or an outpatient program. It's done within the comfort of their own homes. We sort of um, empower them to, to make better decisions about the things that they're taking and putting into their bodies. What I would suggest to insurers, anyone that's listening, is how do you currently identify when a claim becomes complex or requires a referral to claims pharmacy? When do you know that there's a problem? And within New South Wales, the new CIRA codes, the pharmacy codes have been introduced. And I think it's a, a fantastic step in the right direction. And we are definitely um, knocking down the doors um, at CIRA to, to discuss this. I know they sort of listened and their ears pricked up and, and, and as a result, we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. But going back to how you refer to claims. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to press you on that because yeah. I think for me, I, you know, my work is very ground level. You know, I work with workers, injured people every day. I have mm. colleagues who are allied health professionals. What do I say to them if they say, Man, this person's on tons of medications. If you have that relationship with that individual because you are seeing them yeah. frequently, are they aware of what they're taking? Mm -hmm. Are they experiencing any side effects? Yeah. And if they are, then and they may not even know that they're having side effects. So what I would say, if you are um, an allied health professional and you notice that um, they're taking what we would consider high-risk medications, opioids, benzodiazepines, medicinal cannabis, and also if they're taking a combination of medications. I think if somebody's taking more than two, um, that's a red flag. But also how long they've been taking those medications as well. I mean, if they've just had surgery yeah. and they're taking Endone for pain, 
then fine. You know what? Two weeks after surgery, it's fine. I mean, look, I had two cesareans <laughs> and no opioids. God damn them. Um, I did not get access to any, although I did ask. <laughs> for those of us in New South Wales, using the um, Better Practice Guide for Medication Management that CIRA, um launched in July last year, yep. that's a fantastic guide. It's available on their website. Yeah, we'll stick it all in the show notes. Yeah, so so use that as a guide, um, but use the skill set that you guys have as allied health professionals and have those conversations because you're going to tease out that information. Um, and what I would say is um, if it requires further intervention and you think mm, something's not right here or they're wanting to make a change yeah. and we all know that going up against a doctor and asking why they're prescribing X, Y, and Z is never going to end well. So <laughs> we need our team of pharmacists to have that conversation. And as awful okay. as it sounds, they're on a level playing field. Yeah. But they have that skill set where they are able to influence change in a very respectful and professional way. A lot of the time we see... Um, particularly in physical claims where opioids have been taken long-term, they, they um, develop a condition called hyperalgesia, which means their body becomes more susceptible to pain, so they need more medication. So it's actually doing the exact opposite of what it's intended to do. So we do a lot of tapering um, and we support doctors who don't have the time or the skill set to be able to take the person through this tapering plan. I mean, I harp on about collaboration so much, but it, it's only that way. You're right. You know, as an allied health professional, I go, oh yeah, something's not right there. So let's call in the pharmacist who knows exactly how to talk to doctors about this type of stuff. I, mm. I've never understood why there's any hesitancy. Like in my mind, I'm like, why are people resistant to this? This only makes sense. Mm. Um, and, and I think that there's some great points in that even really simply like for me now going, okay, opioids, benzos, okay, red flag. Like, mm. That's something that is such an easy message for allied health professionals because, you know, as an, I mean, in my postgrad, I did maybe like a subject and maybe like two lectures on medications, um, but not everybody does that. So I really, I love your message, really simple. You're one of those companies that are truly creating change. Like not just, oh yeah, we're helping someone go back to work. Like you fucking make a difference in people's lives and not just because oh, we're friends you. but I think even more so because we're friends is like watching you finally find a spot mm. that just lights you up like I, I'm watching you now like we're on zoom doing this and you just light up mm. and that is just amazing like absolutely yeah. amazing so if for not anything else like you I just want to be close to someone like you because you found your happy place you're fucking making a good go of it. And not just that, you're actually like the purpose and the mission just works as well. Mm. Like it, it genuinely works. This is not bullshit. Like what you guys are doing, it properly yeah. works. I sort of want to move on to like, right now I'm totally obsessed. I, just, I touched on the whole empathy piece um, yes. and I'm obsessed with this guy named Paul Bloom and he's, he's, he's had a book out for ages. Um, it's called Against Empathy, but that's what I'm playing with at the moment. Give me a scoop on who's rocking your world right now. Recently, I've come across this individual. Her name is Alexa Leary. She's um, short for Lex. And she's actually a, a junior Australian triathlete. She's based up in, um, in Queensland. And a couple of weeks ago, sustained 
um, pretty life-threatening injuries whilst training for um, a triathlon. I've watched her progress from this individual that was on life support having a craniotomy to um, over the last couple of weeks learning how to walk again learning how to speak again and she's made amazing progress and I think everybody should go um, to her Instagram page it's move for Lex her parents have set that up for her and um, and them as a family are actually incredibly inspiring They've always wanted her to live and, and they've always done what they can to, to make sure that she gets the best healthcare and the best services. And they've set up um, a charity. What they're trying to do with this charity, and it's in their Instagram page, Move for Lex, is yeah. raise funds to support enhanced care at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital Neuro Ward, focus on equipment and facilities, and also support intensive care unit families. Um, they've developed a program called We See You. And I think a lot of the time the families get missed, particularly in the insurance sector yeah. um, where, you know, we, we're so heavily focused on, on the individual, but we actually even don't consider how this impacts a family. And I understand it's, it's not part of the scheme, but I think some considerations need to be made. If anyone needs a little bit of inspiration, please go to her Instagram page. She's a phenomenal individual. She has a wacky sense of humor. <laughs> and I'm hoping that she will eventually uh, be able to do a triathlon again. Yeah. yeah, that's who's rocking my world at the moment. And we will put the, all this stuff in, in the show notes as well for everybody. But that's, yeah, I'm going to look that up as well. Because yeah. I think... Those are the things, especially in the world that we've been living in, it's just everybody wants to lean towards the negative. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, this was the whole idea of trying to lean into the positive stuff, like to mm -hmm. be really optimistic about the amazing work that is being done in the world, in healthcare and in industry. I, I could go on about the, the whole idea of um, the family support and, and injured people and workers' comp, but that's a whole four-hour conversation on another day. <laughs> So I'm going to pop when we have our well. wine. When we have our wine, yes. <laughs> now the other thing is, um, I'm you know me, right? I am about intentional fun, like random snowboarding trips and all that type mm. of stuff. So you already said the the, the movie thing because you snuck off and watched a movie. I hope my husband doesn't listen to this. Well, of course, I'm going to send him a copy of this. Hi, Dickie. <laughs> um, what do you do for fun? Let, let's you know we talked about work for like the last two hours, so. What makes you smile outside of work? Look, I am one of those um, annoying people <laughs> that posts their workouts. Um, <laughs> and uh, look, I'm, I'm a long-term F45er. Shout out to F45 at Dremoyne, Greg Barlow and all the team there. They're phenomenal. <laughs> um, for me, my fun is um, is exercising. I think it's also my mental health care plan, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Um, but I have developed, during lockdown in particular, um, we were doing park sessions in pairs because that's all we were allowed to do. And I have developed this amazing network of individuals from that, that gym um, that are incredible human beings what we have been doing for fun is we've been um, meeting up on zoom every week and one of us hosts 
um, a, a cooking class or oh, cool. um, something like that. I have nothing to bring to the table in respect <laughs> to cooking or baking because I am shit at it. Um, but what I will be doing is enlisting my husband in a cocktail making evening. But yeah, look, I think it's a it's it's been recently about making the best out of a bad situation, and I think as a result of you know, what I do for fun and, and keeping myself, you know, sane um, by exercising, I think I've developed these amazing friendships, which have resulted in some, you know, fun activities. And now that we're able to actually see each other again in person, yeah. hopefully we'll, um, we'll continue that, um, that sort of weekly ritual that we, we've developed and everybody knows that exercise makes you happy, that that is actually a proper chemical thing. But only people who do F45 and CrossFit are like, yes, smashing 100 burpees out is really fun. <laughs> but it is like you're like but it is it is it, <laughs> it is. is yeah but that you know I'm I love that because I know I always ask this question to people because I think we are so much more than what our work is and I know you have such passion in your work I really enjoy my job as well clearly but the only reason why I think we can give as much as we can to our work is because we have lives outside of work mm. I have so many other things outside mm. of work that make me happy and give me joy. And you're somebody who's like that as well. And I think that's in, such an important message. Claims Pharmacy, where can we find you? Do you want to let us know like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, if you want to, yeah, where do we find you personally, if you want, um, but how do we get in touch with you? Everywhere, everywhere. We, <laughs> yeah, we, you're prolific. Have, <laughs> we have um, a fantastic individual, uh, Amy, who does all of our social media updates and uh, website and all that sort of stuff. Um, so she's she's fantastic because she was is doing a way better job than what I was doing. I was wrong in assuming that was you. So all credit to Amy. Yes, yes, <laughs> not me. Um, so we are Instagram, Facebook. LinkedIn, um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, um, but we also have a website. So our website is is good to go to. It really gives some insight into what we do, but also we have blogs that we put up there. So it's a oh, cool. it's a, an educational session for people. We have pieces on um, opioids, benzodiazepines, mental health information about how you can sign on to our medication supply service. Mm -hmm. If you want medication, which is claim related, um, we organize that all for you. So all information about claims pharmacy you'll find on our website. And then we have some fun, quirky stuff on our social media too. Easy peasy. Well, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> This has been awesome. I always love talking to you about all things work and not work and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so we'll sign off. So thanks again. Oh, thank you for having me. The Intelligent Rebellion podcast is a three sticks production. It is produced, written and hosted by me, Ria Mikado. Will is the emperor of sound, mixing and editing and is the talent behind all our original music.